Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I remember having a conversation with, uh, with a person that claims to be a biblical scholar, and they said, well, <clears throat> we were talking about our core scripture is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Is the church still in existence today? So are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, are they still relevant for today? And what, 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 is, uh, what does the word say? That these are the gifts Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Are there evangelists, pastors, and teachers needed today? So, how is it that some people say, well, there's no need for apostles and prophets? These are the gifts Christ gave. And if you go on and read in our core scripture, it says that they're given so that we come into unity in our faith, oneness in our faith, and knowledge of God's Son, that would be Jesus, so that we, what, become mature in the Lord. And so I believe the Lord is still speaking today, and when I was talking to this gentleman, he said, so you believe the Bible's still being written? I said, I didn't say anything like that. I didn't say the Bible's still being written. I said, God is still speaking today. There were times when, God didn't, when the people of God didn't hear from him for 400 years, or hundreds of years. And Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. Can you imagine... Having a marriage or a, a godly, healthy relationship and there was no communication? How would that work? <laughs> now look at me right now, but has your spouse ever been upset with you and they don't want to talk to you? How does that feel? Look at me. <laughs> okay, so communication is important if we want to have, if we expect to have a vibrant, healthy relationship. And it's the same with the Lord. And I'm really excited to share what the Lord has shared with me recently. And we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 15 through chapter 5, verse 11. The Lord is speaking to us. The Lord is speaking to his body today. And what I find is that many times when the Lord is speaking, he is giving us instruction and direction. He's giving us information. The Lord is not just speaking to us because he's bored and he doesn't have anything else to do. When the Lord is speaking to us, we need to listen. The Lord is giving us insight so that we can pray, so that we can plan, so that we can prepare. We've been talking about a lot about the word that the Lord gave us in May of, of last year to prepare. Not just to prepare, not to prepare, but prepare was the word, prepare. And I've shared with you that I don't think it was like get prepared. It was like prepare to move forward or prepare, be ready, in other words. And so when, when the Lord asks us a question or when the Lord is speaking to us, we need to be listening and we need to be taking the word of the Lord seriously. And I'm very careful about when I say the Lord is saying, when I have a word from the Lord, whenever the Lord is speaking to me, and the Lord speaks to me quite often, but many times he's giving me information. He'll, the Lord will speak to me about you sometimes. Why? Well, sometimes maybe there's something I need to address that the Lord wants to address. Maybe it's just giving me insight into your life and maybe the struggles that you're having. Maybe it's so I'll pray for you. And then there are times when the Lord will give me something and I'll say, Okay, Lord, do you, do you want me to, to address this? And he's like, no. no, I want you to pray for him. I'll handle it. Or there may come a time when he says, Okay, I want you to go talk to them, or I want you to, to sit down and visit with them. I want you to love on them. The Lord is speaking to us for us and also for the body so that we can help one another. 
So have we, do we take the word of the Lord seriously? And it's not just when we get a prophetic word, but what about when we're reading his word? What about when we're spending time with him? What about when he's placing something on our hearts? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Joy is an internal work. I can be happy when my boss gives me a raise. I can be happy when someone gives me a gift. I can be full of joy when I'm going through adverse situations because joy is an internal work that the Lord is doing where our focus is on Him. It's not on external things that make us happy. One of the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's something that the Lord gives to us and wants us to, to have resident in our life. Not because of our circumstances are so great necessarily, but because we have this internal joy. Verse, first, uh, Thessalonians 5.17 says, Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Pray a lot. Verse 18, be thankful when things are going well. <laughs> we should be thankful when things are going well. We should be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Is that we're thankful in all circumstances. Because maybe God is using that stressful time where he's putting you through some transition or, or he's stretching you beyond your comfort zone for your own good. Maybe he's preparing you for more. <laughs> Verse 19, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Well, what this would say to me is we can stifle the Holy Spirit, right? And he's saying don't stifle the Holy Spirit. How do we stifle the Holy Spirit? When we're in direct disobedience. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and we choose to ignore or disobey the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, don't scoff at prophecies. Well, if God isn't speaking today and if there's no prophetic word, why would we scoff at something that there is nothing, uh, there is none? And so he's saying don't, don't scoff at prophecies. We need to Look at prof, uh, the prophetic word, and, and it, does it resonate in our spirit? We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Does it line up with the word of God? Oh, I have a prophetic word for you. The Lord says it's, go, it's okay to go have an affair with your secretary. No, that's not a word from the Lord. That goes against the word of God. And so whenever someone has a prophetic word, we need to, one, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with our spirit, man? Is it, does it line up with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? Verse 21, but test everything that's said. Test everything that's said. How do, what do we test it against? Well, we have to have a standard. And the standard is the Word. The standard is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Hold on to what is good. You know, I know uh, sometimes people think they have a word from the Lord. And maybe they miss it. Or maybe they miss it a little bit. We're all growing. We're all learning. And that's why... We need accountability. That's why when I get a word, many times I'll go to people that I highly respect, that I know, here's from the Lord. And I'll say, listen, this is, this is what I feel like the Lord is speaking to me. Because we need to test the prophetic word. The prophets are subject to the prophets. And what I'm finding is that Many times what the Lord is saying to me is confirmed through other people 
that I know here from the Lord that are mature believers that I can trust. And it's interesting because I'll hear basically the same thing. Now, the wording may be a little bit different. The verbiage may be a little bit different, but the heart is the same. God is speaking to his people today, those that are listening. And verse 22 says, stay away from every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. Why? So that we have this connection with the Lord, so that we're not distracted and caught up in a bunch of things. What's a different kind of evil? Well, there's sexual immorality. The Bible talks about that over and over and over again. Abstain from sexual immorality. Many times, Paul and the writers in the New Testament are writing to Christians, to the church. Why would he be, why would these writers, why would the Holy Spirit be saying abstain from sexual immorality? Because it was happening. It happens. Stay away from drunkenness. Don't gossip. Don't lie. Those are types of kinds of evil that we can get sucked into. And please, hear me. We are saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that anyone should boast. We're saved by grace. But when we're saved, there should be a difference in our hearts and in our lives. One of the things I shared with the the mayor and the city council last week, I said, I know from personal experience, when we come into this personal relationship with Christ, and he begins to transform our hearts, our lives begin to change. Our lifestyles begin to change. Our heart begins to change change the the chief of police was sitting there and i looked at him i said you know better than i that you can throw somebody in jail 15 times for the same thing but if their heart is not changed there's probably going to be a 16th time god is looking at our hearts more than anything he wants to be in a relationship with us And he's saying, stay away from every kind of evil. We make decisions every day. So I love Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Coming into alignment with his will, his heart. Because we can go off the rails. There's plenty of opportunity to be thinking about things that will lead us down a path that we shouldn't go down. The word is very clear on how to engage with the Lord in lifestyles that damage or hinder our relationship with Him and others. Because we can be involved in stuff that doesn't only hinder our relationship with Him, but damages our our relationships, our marriages, our family, damages our witness. Have you ever damaged your witness? Have you ever done something? And then you're like, oh my, that was a horrible example. And you say you're a Christian and you do that? I've shared with you guys some of the, the, the failures that I've had. But I'm so glad that God is a God of second chances. And you know, sometimes those failures can be some of the best learning opportunities. Oh, I remember what that was like. I remember how I felt. But God forgives us. And sometimes we just need to receive that and forgive ourselves and say, Lord, yes, I blew it, but that's in the past. I'm not excusing away what I did, but I'm thankful for your grace and your mercy. And I receive your your grace and your mercy And Paul said, forget those things that are behind you and press on toward the mark or the goal or the prize. How easy it is to get caught up in the regrets of the past. And God says, I have more for you than that. I'm not asking you to live in the past. I'm wanting you to press forward and see the opportunities that I have for you now to grow in this relationship with me 
and to, to show the love of Christ. So <clears throat> we can position ourselves to hear from the Lord. I hope that when we come on Sunday mornings, we're coming with an expectation to encounter Jesus. I'm hoping that we're engaging in worship. We're not just singing a song, but we're singing and making declarations. We're saying, Lord, this is my heart. I want to worship you. I want to give you all that I am and all that I have. I want you to fix my broken, messed up lives. I want to press into you. I want to walk in the fullness of blessing and the fullness of power and anointing and, and the things that you call me to. In January of 2019, the Lord gave me a word. We're in a reset. And we talked about that on numerous occasions. COVID had just begun. The buildings that we were leasing, the landlord was going up on our rent by 60%. We knew that we needed to find another venue, another location. Not only was Life Fellowship in a reset, but it was a global reset. And uh, we're so thankful that the Rebickies have opened up this venue for us. Yeah. And so, so, you know, the thing is that God works all things for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so them opening up their, their venue here for us is helping us to get the word out. We're, it's, it's all working together. In, in May of 2020, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. The Lord was giving us insight. The Lord is giving us insight. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. Think about that. You know, think back two years ago. That was a pretty powerful word that the Lord was giving to us, giving us insight. This was two weeks before the George Floyd incident, which was the beginning of, of all kinds of chaos, rioting, violence, defund the police, all the things that kind of stemmed from that. Listen, if defund the police because we've got a couple of, of bad police officers, and I'm not excusing away what they did. It was wrong. Defund the police? Well, what about defund the government? Do we have any bad actors in the government? <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe we defund the church. Dismantle the church because we've, we've got a couple of bad actors, some, some bad pastors. Well, me, well, let's not stop there. What about corporations? There are corporations where CFOs have stolen money and, and done things and look at customer service today. Well, let's just defund everything. Look, look at the craziness of what's happening today. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. But what is, is our hope in the world? Is our hope in our governmental officials? What's our focus? Is it on the, uh, the kingdom of God or is it on the kingdom of America? Or, or what is our focus on? It should be on him. And listen, let me say this. I, I, don't, I don't talk politics from this platform. But if you like what's going on, write your representatives. Thank them. If you don't like what's going on, write them a letter. They work for us. <laughs> but our, our hope and our faith is not in the world system. And if we're counting on the world system to get us out of this mess, our focus is on the wrong thing. We need to be focused on Christ. He's told us the world as we know it is soon going to come to an end. Okay, so are we preparing how are we looking at things? Are we still trying to get the government to fix everything? We know that that's not going to work. It's only through Christ. So, nine months ago, in May of 2021, the Lord gave me another word, prepare. 
So we've been praying, we've been asking, seeking the Lord to continue to show us. Every Wednesday from 10 to 11, we meet at the property, we pray. There's a list over there of what we pray for. You can join us, not just on Wednesday, but throughout the week. And so this brings me to the most recent word from the Lord. You know that two weeks ago we finalized our first of the year, our 21-day fast. And uh, I want to thank everyone that participated in that. I know that there were some people that had fasted before, but they said, I'm going to take this a step further. Maybe they fasted two or three days, and, and they say, well, maybe I'm going to fast for five or six days. And there are some that probably had never fasted before and said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try this fasting thing. Pastor Mark's asking us to pray and fast. I'm, I haven't done it before. I'm going to try it. And so I want to thank you for those that, that participated in that fast with me. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we're talking about this word prepare. Fasting and prayer helps us prepare. Jesus fasted and prayed a lot. Jesus fasted and prayed a lot. As an example to us, and also because he was walking through this life fully God but fully man, experiencing everything that we go through. And he recognized, I need to be in communion and, and, and connected to the Heavenly Father. Because of all the things that I'm going to do, all the things I'm going to go through. And so as we prepare, we're still seeking the Lord about that word. What does this mean for me, Lord? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my church family? What does this mean as I go out and interact with other people? those that know the Lord and those that don't know the Lord. And it's like the Lord is saying, okay, let's open your heart and let me shine my light into your heart, into the deepest, darkest recesses of your life. Is there anything there that maybe you're toying with a little bit? Maybe you're wrestling with a little bit? Maybe that you need to give up to me? And please, hear me. This is not... Uh, performance-based grace. We're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works. But if we say that we're a committed follower of Christ, there should be some evidence of that, and there should probably be some things in our lives that are removed, that God has been removing, that He's still working on in our hearts and lives for all of us. Listen, I'm right there with you. But it's, it's wonderful that we recognize God's love and grace. Grace and mercy is not permission to continue doing those things. But God's grace and mercy giving us time to allow him to extract that stuff out of our lives. And so... I don't take these words from the Lord lightly. Before I ever shared any of those with you, I said, Lord, I need to know that this is truly your word. And I need to know that you want me to share this with your people. And so I believe that the words the Lord has given us from 2019, 2020, 2021, and this word from this year is right on. When, when you look back and see the words, they're, they're right on. And it's been confirmed not only through the Lord speaking to me, not only through my own spirit and, and saying, Lord, I, I know that this lines up with my spirit, but it's been confirmed by other people that I trust. You can hear a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on the radio. You know, there's all kinds of gospels out there, the prosperity message and all kinds of stuff. It doesn't line up with a word that is not God's heart. But we need people that we're accountable to, and we need people that we can go to and trust and say, hey, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. Can you speak into this? And so others have shared similar words of what they've received. The Lord is speaking to his church if and when. 
we choose to listen. So on Sunday, January 23rd of this year, 2022, it was the final day of the fast. And uh, the Lord woke me up, as he sometimes does. And uh, it was early in the morning. And I don't know if you remember the 23rd, but it was cold outside. It was cold in the house. The bed that I was in was warm and toasty. So I'm having a ta moment here, since we're transparent, authentic, and honest. Now, I say that the house was cold. It was probably 68, 69 degrees in there, so it wasn't all that cold. It was cold outside. But you've been in bed before on a cold winter day, and you know how warm that bed is. And then the Lord wakes you up at 3 in the morning, and he says, get up. So I began to just talk to the Lord, and I said, Lord, it's cold outside. It's warm in this bed. I have a phrase, maybe I shouldn't teach this to you, but Lord, and you know I'm kind of a rapper, right? So I said, uh, Lord, can I lay and pray? Let me lay and pray, Lord. And the Lord was gracious to me that Sunday morning, as he always is. And uh, I, I wanted to share this word with you on the 23rd, but... I didn't feel a release. You know, we had several people give testimonies, and we were coming off the fast, and I just felt like that I didn't want to share the word with you that I got. And it turns out that he gave me more that afternoon, and he gave me even more the next day. But this is what the Lord began to to speak to me about on that cold Sunday morning. And, the, and now, here's the thing. When the Lord asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. But the, he asked me this. He says, on the 23rd of January, 2022, are you prepared for my return? So I began to ponder that. And, you know, when it's like when the Lord is speaking to me, I'm not hearing an audible voice, but it's like we're communicating, and uh, many of you know what that's like. And so I began to consider, what if we knew, and the Word says, Jesus said, nobody knows the, the day or the hour of my return, only the Father. So now we have the Holy Spirit who speaks to us and leads us and guides us into all truth. So... I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, so I don't know that we'll know the day or hour, but we should. Uh, Jesus said, you'll know the signs. We need to be looking. But, but I was thinking about uh, considering if we knew the day of the Lord's return, let's say that we knew that he was coming January 23rd, 2023, how would we respond? Well, would we take out, cash out our 401k and take out everything out of our savings, quit our job and go on vacation and just be living it up knowing that we can't take it with us, so we're going to spend every penny that we can? What if, what if we knew, and again, this is not really plausible, but what if we knew that he was coming in six months or a month or a week or a day? If we knew that he was coming in a month, some of us would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to live it up. I'm going to party, and then about three and a half weeks into it, then maybe I'll fast a day or two. Maybe I'll repent of all my sins. But for right now, I'm just going to, you know, live it up. What, what is our heart? What, what difference would, it, would there be in our lives if we knew when he was coming? See, godly character is not developed in a year a month, a week, a day. Godly characters developed over a lifetime. And you know, those of you, those of us that have been walking with the Lord, it's a dynamic process where God is working in our hearts and lives. The things that I used to find acceptable 10 years ago, I'm like, no, I can't do that anymore because of this relationship that I have with Him. And because God has and is doing this transformation in my heart because my heart has changed. I don't have the same desires to go and do some of those things that I used to do. 
And so after considering this question that the Lord posed to me, are you ready for my return? I fell back asleep. And however, on Sunday afternoon, another person told me of a dream that they had the same night, the night before, or the same morning, August, I mean uh, January 23rd. And this is what they told me. They said, I had a dream last night, and I believe it was from the Lord, but I don't believe that it was just for me. I feel impressed to share this with you. And so let me tell you the dream. I'll tell you part of the dream. They shared a number of different things, but I, I just want to focus on this, this one part because it, it lines up with, with the word the Lord gave me and what he gave me the next day. And so they said, have you ever seen, well, you have, you've seen a sunset, and you see how when the sun is setting, it comes down to the horizon, and then it goes past the horizon. And so they had this dream, and they were on like a beach. They didn't know if it was like a lake or a, a bay or a gulf or ocean or whatever, but they were on a sandy beach. And as they turned to look out over the water, they saw the, a face of a lion in the sky. And this face of the lion was descending like the, the sun would descend when it's setting. And so at their, as they're looking at this face of a lion, the Holy Spirit said, look at it. And they said, well, I am looking at it. Look closer. And so they, they began to really look at this face of this lion descending, and there was a ring of blue fire around it. And, you know, the Word talks about the lion of the tribe of Judah. And they knew that this was the Lord. They knew that this face of the lion was the Lord. And as this as this face was of this line was descending, as it got to the horizon, it began to come across the face of the water. And there were people there on the beach, and they were freaking out. They were fearful. They were trying to run away. They didn't know what was going on. But this person knew that that was the Lord. And they began to run across the beach across the sand, into the water, toward. They were running toward the Lord while other people were running away and fearful. And then they said they were caught up in like a tornado or a, a windstorm. They were caught up in this presence. And then they woke up. Now this was the same night that the Lord spoke to me, are you prepared for my return? And the thing that I thought about was, do, re, do you remember when Elijah was going to be taken up by God? And his servant Elisha was there and he said, Lord, let me see my master Elijah caught up. And the Lord told him, he said, if you see me take Elijah up, then you will get a double portion. And we know in the word that Elisha, Elijah's servant, it's recorded that he did twice the number of miracles that Elijah did. But I was thinking about that and how Elijah was caught up. He was taken up into this whirlwind or whatever that was, but he was taken up. And so I was considering that. And uh, Sunday afternoon... Uh, I continued to seek the Lord, and, and I said, in Sunday evening, I said, Lord, please forgive me for not getting up out of bed this morning when it was so cold and my bed was so warm. I said, but if you have something more, would you please share that with me? And so that was, uh, that was on Sunday afternoon. And the other thing that I thought about was, when the Lord said, well, let me, let me read on. Uh, when, when 
I, I went to bed Sunday night, and Monday morning, about three or so, the Lord woke me up. The Holy Spirit said, get up. This time I wrapped myself in a blanket like a cocoon, and I went to my office, and this is what I heard the Lord say. Now, remember, the night before, he, he told me, are you prepared for my return? So part B of this was Monday morning, and this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. I'm returning soon. And immediately, you know, I'm having this conversation in my mind, and I'm thinking about, Lord, people have thought you were returning for 2,000 years. Now, we know that when he, when he was crucified, he died, he rose on the third day, and, and hundreds of people saw him, had an encounter with, with Jesus. And so we, we know that he, he did come again, but, but the Lord says that I'm coming again for my church and for my people. And this was what the Lord was talking about, I believe. I'm returning soon. And I thought about this. I thought how that many people have been looking for the Lord's return for 2,000 years. And I, I remember when we lived in Corpus, there was a man that had a van that would drive around our area with a bull. Well, he had a speaker, and he, and he was quoting Scripture, and he'd be at the stoplight, and he'd be there, and repent for the Lord is, the coming of the Lord is near. And, and you know, he'd be quoting Scripture and stuff like that. And uh, maybe some of us have seen signs, you know, people hold up, repent, for the Lord is near, he's coming again. And so I was kind of thinking about that, and I was thinking, well, Lord, uh, you know, you've, a lot of people have been thinking you're going to return for a long time. And, and I was thinking about these words that the Lord had given me, given us before. We're in a reset. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. Prepare. Are you prepared for my return? And so I was thinking about this, this word, I'm returning soon. And I thought, what does soon mean? Because I could say, I'm going to come by your house soon. And that could be in 30 minutes. It could be in 48 hours. It could be in a week. You know, I've, I've known people that... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't bust them, but Pastor Don was telling me for a long time, he said, I'm going to come soon. And it, that was soon for him was like seven or eight years. But he, he didn't make it, okay? <laughs> so soon can mean different things to different people. So I started thinking about this. And I thought, well, what if we had a timeline of a thousand years, okay? What if we had a thousand-year timeline here? What would soon be in a thousand years? Now, would a hundred years be soon? Would 50 years be soon? Would five years be soon? What if we're talking about all of eternity? You know, what a thousand years would be like real, real soon, right, for eternity. I can't even imagine what a timeline of eternity would, I can't grasp that. But I was thinking, so more than likely, I mean, Methuselah was 969 years old. I don't think I'm going to outlive him. So if the Lord was talking about coming in a thousand years, what would be the relevance to me? Now, uh, it could be, there could be relevance because I'm investing in my children, my grandchildren, my family, right? And so you invest in your children. How do children learn? Example, example, example. Okay, they're going to pass it to their grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Okay, so we know that there's, there's a legacy that we leave behind. But I was thinking, what would be the relevance for you and for me aside from that, that leaving behind our legacy? So on Monday, the 24th of 2022, the Holy Spirit said, I'm returning soon. And so I'm always full of questions. And I said, oh, Lord, what should we do to prepare He said, press into me. Press into me. Remember the dream that the person had, and they saw the face of the lion coming down to the, to the horizon. And the Holy Spirit said, look at it. So 
what the Lord was telling me, and I'm thinking, too, about this word prepare, right? He's, I'm saying, Lord, we're, we're prepared. We're preparing. We're fasting. We're praying. We're, and he's saying, press into me. Press in to me. Come on. Come on. Press into me. And I said, well, what should I do to prepare life fellowship? He said, tell them. Tell them. So this is not a word that I would necessarily say, except the Lord said, tell them. So I'm telling you today what the Lord has spoken to me, and I believe it's a a good word. And so what do we need to do? We need to press into him and say, Lord, what does this mean? You know, people talk about the, the second coming of the Lord, and they're, oh, I wish the Lord would come back. You know what the Word says about it? The great and terrible day of the Lord. It's not great and terrible for believers, but it's a sad day for those who have rejected Christ because they're going to stand in judgment based on their own merits. It's not going to fly. But we can stand because we're covered by the blood of Christ So, 37 months ago, the Lord gave me a word, we're in a reset. 21 months ago, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. Nine months ago, prepare. A couple of weeks ago, are you prepared for my return? This is a personal question. Very, very personal. So I would ask you to ask yourself, am I prepared for his return? And then the Lord added on to that, I'm coming, I'm returning soon. Oh, what do, what do I do, Lord? Press into me. What I do, what I tell the Life Fellowship family, tell them. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through chapter 5, verse 11. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have already died. So we believe, I believe the word is clear, when we die, we go to heaven. If we don't go to some place, purgatory or something like that, we go into the presence of the Lord. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. It's not going to be a secret thing. I think the world is going to know. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Well, if we're already in heaven, what does that mean? I think it means, I think it could mean that we, that's where we receive our glorified bodies. Uh, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. Okay, so we already know that no one knows the day or the hour. So we, we really don't need to, you know, talk about that. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. And the word also says that People, it will be like in the days of Noah, people partying and going on about life, oblivious to what's going on around them. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant, woman, uh, pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. So if no one knows when he's coming, how is it that believers are not going to be surprised? Because we see the signs. Because we have the Holy Spirit speaking to us, saying, prepare. I'm coming soon. I think the Lord is telling us to expect and to be prepared for his return. Are we really prepared for his return? 
Are we fulfilling what God has called us to do? Are there people in our lives that maybe we need to get real with a little bit? I say, come on, man. Are there Christians that we know that are playing this church thing? Do you really have an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord? Or are you just going through the motions? And again, hear me, this is not about performance. It's about transformance. Transformance of our life. For you are all children of the light of the you for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on guard. Be on guard. So be on guard, not asleep like the others. And then he continues on. So be on guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and clear-headed. If we're distracted by the things of the world, if we're distracted by sinful actions and caught up in stuff, are we really going to be clear-headed and hearing from the Lord and receiving and understanding what he's saying? Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Remember when Paul talked about put on all the armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the shoes of peace. Hold up the shield of faith to deflect the fiery darts. Pick up the sword of the word, the spirit. Put on the helmet of salvation so that we know in our mind and in our heart, in our soul, that we're saved. We don't have to, to go back and forth. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Because we know that God is transforming our heart and our lives. Be transformed by the renewing of, the, of our mind so that we know God's will for us. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So when we have Fifth Sundays, it's part of what we can do. We can build one another up. We can encourage one another. It's part of what we do in life groups. It's part of what we should be doing every Sunday morning, encouraging one another, building one another up, loving on one another. Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, 12, and 13, he's speaking to his disciples who he has just invested years in. Can you imagine walking with Jesus for years? And what does he say? He says, there's so much more I want to tell you. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. You can't handle it. Can we handle today what the Holy Spirit is telling us? When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will tell you about the future. So as we're connected to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Are we listening? He's telling us, church. He's telling us, family, prepare the preparation time is already over. You shouldn't be putting the casserole together. It should be in the oven. Ready to serve me because I'm coming. Remember the virgins? Some were ready. Some were not. Oh, give us some of your oil. No, sorry. Well, I, we can't go get our own oil. Well, well you should have been ready. Holy Spirit tells us of things to come. This is a, a strong word. And I think the Lord has spoken to me before about He's coming soon. But this time it's like, I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. Even if we miss the second coming... What's your lifespan going to be like? I mean, God could take you home tonight. 
Are you ready? Are you prepared? I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe the Lord is speaking to you today and saying, Hey, you know what? I want you to recommit your life. I'm coming soon. Are you ready? If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here this morning? Anybody here? Maybe you're watching online and you would say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I don't know the Lord or I've been playing Christian. And today, I want to commit my life. I want to recommit my life. Just say a simple prayer. Just say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness today. And today is a new start. Today is a new beginning. And I thank you for this new life that all the old things are gone. And I've made new. And I ask you to help me to forgive those who've hurt me and receive your love and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. And I thank you for this new beginning in Christ. I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord, I pray for the fire and the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to wash over them even right now, that they would encounter you, not only them, but all of us would encounter you in a fresh new way, Lord. That you would speak to our hearts, that you would open our spiritual eyes, that you would open our spiritual ears, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name.